this week on Penguin Stuff, is it time to panic? When will the new guys score? Could there be a worse week in Penguins hockey? And where's Andrew? All this and more on this edition of the Penguin Stuff Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Penguin Stuff. I'm Jim, and Andrew is under the weather today, so he is not going to be joining us. It will be just me, and hopefully I can do the podcast justice. Usually when it's he and I, we have a really good time going back and forth and talking about these games. Um, I have a feeling that the reason he's sick is because of the outcome of the games this week. But let me just look at where we are uh, where the Penguins are in the scope of this current six-game losing streak that they are on. This is the longest losing streak of the year. And in the course of this six-game losing streak, the Penguins have been outscored 24-8, to starting back with the 4 nothing loss to the uh, Maple Leafs and um, really only two shutouts but we've we've only scored three goals once uh and that was against buffalo gave up five so really here we are with four weeks left in the season essentially and we are in deep 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 trouble just by the I mean, by the eye test of what we've been seeing over this last week and over these last six games, it is not that the Penguins are not getting chances. They are getting chances. In fact, they are, they've gotten a lot of chances against the Kings and the Ducks and even, even against the, the Sharks in that five, nothing loss, they had a lot of chances, but here is the issue. And this is, this is the thing that is so frustrating about this team right now. They refuse to play solid defense. I don't know what Mike Sullivan has got to do to snap these guys out of their doldrums, but something has got to happen. Forwards are not back-checking. Defensemen are not covering the slot. They are in bad position when shots go to the net so that they bounce off of them and into their own net. This is something that has got to be fixed because we are coming down to the meaty part of the schedule, which starts on Saturday with two games prior versus Ottawa and Buffalo. And what I mean by the meaty part of the schedule is the metropolitan schedule. After when we get to Saturday, there's only two more games that are not against metropolitan teams. And we have got to figure this out before we get into that, or we listen to me, we are not going to be in the playoffs because there are too many good teams in this division that are willing and able to move up in the standings and take that away from us. The Penguins have not missed the postseason since the 2005-2006 season. That, my friends, is 14 years in the playoffs. Well, 13 straight would be 14 if we make it. 13 straight years in the playoffs and only one and 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 this year I, I think we have a really good shot at missing it. I think listen, I think there are going to be I think there are going to be five teams from the Metropolitan 
in the playoffs. I think both wild cards are going to go to Metropolitan teams, but that's three teams from the Metro that will be out. And if we keep playing the way we have, if we don't start getting some points here in the near future, we are going to be in danger of being one of those bottom three teams. Right now we sit at 80 points. As I look at the standings, we have 80 points. We are currently in third place. We are not in a wild card spot yet, but the two wild card spots are at 78 and 78, and Carolina, who is number three in the wild card, is only five points back. The Rangers sit at fourth in the wild card. They are only six points back. Florida sits at fifth, and they're in the Atlantic, but they are only seven points back. And if we don't start getting points soon, we may not make the playoffs. I don't mean to sound like Chicken Little, that the sky is falling, and I don't mean to to be, you know, to be that guy. But I believe that as from what I've seen in the past six games, that if we don't step it up, we are in deep, deep, deep trouble. Now, I don't know how much of this is the new guys coming in and, and things are just wonky and, and they're still figuring it out. But it's been three games now. They better get a win here coming up. Yeah, we play Ottawa on the third on Tuesday. And we need to win this game. It's at home. It's against Ottawa. Ottawa is a lower tier team that we should definitely beat. Ottawa right now is ninth in in the wild card standings, which puts them at what? Uh, 13th in the division in the Eastern or in the conference. So this is definitely a game we should win. And it's definitely a game that we should win handily. I mean, handily. And we'll see what Sullivan has in store. Um, Sullivan historically has been one when pe- when the Penguins are in a slump like this, they he he will tend to jumble up the Lions quite a bit. It, it'll be interesting to see what he comes up with for Tuesday's game. But right now, the Penguins need something to shake them up. And if they don't get it soon, as I said, we might be looking at a team that won't make the playoffs. So let's... Um, as much as I hate to do it, let's look at uh, the predictions that Andrew and I had from last uh, last week. Now, this is obviously not going to be pretty um, because obviously we did not do well last week. So um, Andrew and I both picked the pens to win out on this road trip. And as we know, the Penguins lost all three games. So at the end of the week, Andrew's still up by a point in the standings. He sits at 38-23-1. I'm at 37-24-2. He has 77 points. I have 76. And let me just remind you of the format here. Uh, A correct pick at who's going to win counts two points. If you get the right score for the right team, you get a bonus point. And so uh, Andrew has done that one time. I've done it twice. And so we are sitting at 77 points for Andrew, 76 points for me, and uh, no punishments this week. Uh, So we are looking at this week's games. And since Andrew is in the lead, 
he gets to pick first on these games. And I did ask him what his uh, what his predictions were, and he texted them to me. And here uh, were his predictions. Andrew predicted that the Penguins would win three of the four games. He predicted a Pens win against Ottawa, and he predicted a 4-2 to two, uh, margin of victory. Uh, at Buffalo, he predicted a, a Penguins win, and that was a 3-2 margin of victory. Uh, against Washington, he predicted a loss. So he picked the Caps to win that game uh, by a score of 4-1. to one. And then uh, Carolina, he picked... Uh, the Penguins to win in overtime, uh, four to three in OT. So, um, I now have to, uh, pick my winners, uh, against this team. Now, again, uh, it's hard at this point really to predict what the Penguins are going to do with kids. Cause honestly, in my opinion, they have talent to win every game they play. I think with the addition of Zucker, with the addition of Shiri and Rodriguez. Rodriguez really is a sneaky good player uh, from what I've seen so far. He's really good in the faceoff dot. Uh, he's going to be one of those guys who gets to come in, you know, in crunch time when we need a defensive zone faceoff or something like that. But uh, ultimately, I think that uh, Marlowe and Zucker and Shiri are going to be the guy who have to come through and, and start putting some pucks in the net. One And one of the things that I noticed that's happening with the Penguins is that they are being played against – the teams are starting to trap the Penguins. And what I mean by that is they're they're clogging up the neutral zone so that the, the play can't come through cleanly. Um, and the Penguins are and, – and I noticed that mostly uh, against the, the Los Angeles Kings and against the, the Mighty Ducks – um, there was a lot of a lot of congestion in the in the in the in the neutral zone, and the Penguins didn't know how to play against that. Now, I think it's something that we're seeing more of against the Penguins because teams have done it and they've done it well, and it's been effective. And because it's been effective, I think other teams are going to start to do that. So. Ottawa is one of those teams that could very well do that because they don't have a lot of offensive firepower. And so they want to slow the game down. And that's one of the ways in which they're going to do it. Pittsburgh is a speed team. And if you can slow them down, they're not as effective. So that having been said, um, I am going to predict a Pens win against Ottawa. And I think it's going to be a handle. Uh, they're going to win handily. I think they're going to win 5-1 to one against the against the uh, Ottawa Senators. Then at Buffalo, I think this game is going to be high scoring but close. Um, I think the Pens are going to win uh, five to four and I think that might go into overtime. And I'm gonna I'm gonna call my shot and say uh, Connor Sherry gets the overtime winner against his old mates. That means nothing. If if I get it right, I get it right. But it means nothing really. Um, then at home against Washington. Now I disagree with Andrew. I think the I think the Pens are going to win this game against Washington, um, and I think they're going to win it uh, five uh, five to three. 
with an empty netter near the end. Um, and I think Washington's going to walk out of there knowing that they were in a game. Um, I will be interested to see how the Penguins deal with Tom Wilson in this game. Again, he's he's one of those guys that takes cheap shots on, on star players. And if he tries that, I think that we're going to see one of those guys, whether it's um, Rodriguez or Zucker, is going to come in and, and maybe take uh, take exception to that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Then the Carolina game, uh, which is on the 8th, that's Sunday. Um, Andrew has them, the Pens winning 4-3. to three. I, I actually think the Canes will win this game, um, and I think they'll win it 5-2. to two. So uh, there we have it. Andrew has the Caps winning and the Pens uh, winning the other three games. I have the Pens winning the first three games, losing to the Canes 5-2. Two, two. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, and that is our prediction uh, contest for this week. Now, um, we're going to talk about these games here in a little bit. But first, let's take a break. Penguin Stuff is brought to you by no one. Narius Soul is sponsoring us yet. So if you want to sponsor us, please, 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 please email us at penguinstuffofficial at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Instagram, Facebook at penguinstuffofficial. And what we would do is this spot right now where you're hearing my annoying voice would be talking about you and what your services are or your product or, you know, like if you uh, like create homemade vegan styling gel we'd say that we use it every day even though we don't um yeah so just hit us up there and we will be waiting for your call or your text or your email and then we will pay to lie about your product not really we won't lie i promise you we will use your product and then we will talk about it on the podcast all right now back to the podcast Welcome back. We are going to now take a look at the schedule for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, as I said earlier, very metropolitan heavy, with the exception of two games uh, starting on the 7th, which is in the middle of this week. Actually, it's Saturday and Sunday, Washington, Carolina. And then we're at New Jersey, at Columbus, at Carolina, home against New York Islanders. And then we have a home and home against the New York Rangers starting away on the 18th and then home on the 20th. Then we have Washington at home, Carolina at home. Then we're at Chicago. That's one of those non-metropolitan uh, games. Then at Carolina, at Philly. Then we round out the season home against New Jersey, home against the New York Rangers. And then we end the season at Ottawa that game could very well come down to be the most important game of our season before the playoffs. We'll see how things shake out as they come down. We sit at 80 points, third in the Metropolitan. And um, as I said, there are about four or five teams that are breathing right down our neck within six points of us. So we need uh, to see the Penguins come up big and score some goals and give their goalies some goal support. Uh, coming up here in these next few games. As I said earlier, we have uh, we want to talk now about 
a little bit about, uh, well, no, we don't want to, but we have to uh, talk about the games that were this week. Uh, the West Coast Road Trip this week at the Kings on the 26th, at the Ducks on the 28th, and then at the Sharks on the 29th. All three of these games were very disappointing. Um, and as I watched the first game, the Penguins versus Kings, uh, one of the glaring issues that I saw in this game, especially in the first uh, period, despite the horrendous call on Latang that led to LA's first goal, um, was a total lack of puck possession. Um, the Pens could not hold on to the puck coming out of their defensive zone, and once they got into the offensive zone, there was very, very little puck control, so as to get a decent shot off. Um, Marlowe had a couple of good chances in the first, but nothing came of it. I think that line, Marlowe, Tanev, and Lafferty, was the best in the first. I think overall, though, in the game, the um, what I call the jackpot line, because it's uh, 17, 71, and 72, three sevens, um, of Rust, Malkin, and Hornquist, I think they played the best going forward. As I mentioned earlier, uh, the the Kings were playing that bog it down in the middle type of defense uh, once they got the lead and the Peng- Penguins could not get any continuity in their game. Um, and as I, as I said earlier, this is the kind of defense that a lot of teams have been playing against the Penguins and they'll continue to play this type of defense against the Penguins until we can beat it. And so until the Penguins can beat it. And so the Penguins have got to figure it out and make them pay for playing that kind of defense. And if they don't, we're not going to score many goals heading down the stretch here. Um, You better believe that the teams in the Metro who are chasing the Penguins and who uh, have a lot of games left to play against them are going to institute that kind of defense against them. So got to figure out how to beat that. Um, again, it seemed like the goalie for the Kings, uh, Peterson was playing out of his mind. Um, you know, we're going to, when Andrew gets back, we're going to talk about, uh, who should win the, uh, the, uh, after season awards and, uh, the Vesna trophy, which goes to the outstanding goaltender for the year. Um, ought to go to every goalie that played against Pittsburgh this year, I think, because if you, I, I would, I, I haven't done the the math, but I think if we went through and figured out the goals against average or the safe percentage of these goalies who played against the Penguins in those particular games, and you added them all up, I would venture to guess that the majority of these teams. Have uh, and majority of these goalies have had their best games against the Penguins. At least that's the way it seems to me. I'm not sure if that seems that way to anybody else. If if you agree, um, let us know. Send us an email or or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, Facebook or Instagram, and Twitter is uh, at Penguin Stuff Official. And if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at penguinstuffofficial at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you. Uh, second period started well for the Penguins, but they still could not crack Peterson. Um, the Penguins' second power play was very interesting. Um, during that power play, there was an obvious trip on Malkin about halfway through it. No call. Um Sullivan was up in arms. Malkin was up in arms. And really, 
after that no call, the pink, the power play went to crap. And so um, they almost gave up a shorthanded goal. They only had one shot on goal in the power in that particular power play. And uh, Peterson just played out of his mind. Uh, he, yeah, it was just incredible. Um, about halfway through the second period, Johnson, there was a scrum in front and there was a wide open net and Johnson had a chance to score and he missed the net. I mean, those are the types of things that are just so dang frustrating about this team. And I, I listen, I'm a Penguins fan to the end and I will root to the death for him, but they have got to start putting pucks in the net, especially when the opportunities are so obvious and wide open that they they can't miss it. But yet they do, and so it's 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 frustrating. The Penguins got another power play at about eight minutes left in the second. Could only mad, but they could only uh, manage one great chance. And again, Sherry missed the net on that chance. Um, the second goal by LA was like with under 30 seconds left in the period. And as I always say, late goals will kill you. Um, the Pens were giving were were playing well at that point. Um, they were controlling much of the game at that point, but then a very bad defensive play gave the the Kings a two goal lead, um, and and the culprit was Jack Johnson. I mean, he he overskated a play, and the guy cut back, took a shot on on um, on Jari, who made the initial save, but then he got it back and scored. And so it's it's just that kind of stuff can't happen. Now, uh, in the third period, the Peng- Penguins did play a little better. Um, in the first part of that period, uh, Rust got his goal on an incredible passing play. Uh, it's kind of the third, the third passing play that was like that in the in the season. Uh, Hornquist came through, uh, split the defense, and um, really very luckily got through the defense and was able to push it over towards Malkin who passed it right back across to uh, Russ to put it in an open goal. And uh, we cut it to the, the Penguins cut the lead to two to one. Um, but that's how the game with it would end. And, and there really wasn't much uh, more, many more chances for the Penguins. They, they did empty the net um, at the end of the game and, and managed a, a flurry, but really, even in that, there wasn't a whole lot that I saw that was what I would call a quality chance. And so that's how that game would end. Uh, um, honestly, I, I think the players of the game were that second line, that um, what I'm calling the jackpot line of, of Malkin, Rustin, and Hornquist. Um because not just because they scored the goal, but because they did look really good in the game. Um, and again, the Marlowe Tanev and, and uh, was it Lafferty on that line? Yeah. Marlowe Tanev and Lafferty on that line. Um, they were really good too. So you could probably give it to them, but when you lose player of the game, it just, it doesn't seem, seem right anyway um friday's game against the ducks again john gibson the goalie for the ducks was playing out of his stinking mind um a lot of now this in this game the penguins had a lot of good chances 
and it just it wasn't happening. Here's another thing. Here's another thing that I didn't mention in the last game that I probably should have. In that in that game against the the Kings, there was a uh, in the second period there was a, a, a flurry of action where Crosby had tipped a goal. Excuse me, Crosby had tipped a goal uh, that the official called a good goal, pointed at it, called it good. And we thought we or the Penguins thought they had tied the game at that point, but what had actually happened was the the shot came in and Crosby tipped the goal the puck in hit the crossbar it came down landed on the goal line but never went across it. It was one of those things that you just look at and you shake your head and you go, "What in the world?" That would have tied the game in the second period. Things might have been different at that point. They weren't, but. That's that's another thing that the Penguins, over the course of this six-game losing streak, they really haven't had a lot of what we call puck luck. Um, the puck has just been uh, staying out of the net for some reason or another. And they're hitting posts. They're hitting sticks in front. They're hitting their own players. They're hitting the other team's players. They're hitting skates. Goalies are making absolutely incredible saves and so it's like I, I don't know what else to say um except that that's got to turn around and and for the most part those types of things tend to even out over the course of a season and um and we have had our share of of lucky bounces and so forth but i think that the penguins really are due for some of that. And I, I think it's coming, but uh, the game on the 28th against the ducks, um, as I said, this was another one of those games where the goalie was playing out of his head and it was very hard to watch because you're, you're looking at it just going, you know, what, what do we got to do to, to find a, a goalie who's having an off night now? I know a lot of you will point to the home and home we had against Nashville where we where the Penguins got to both Soros and Pecorine. Um and I agree with you but again it's Soros and Renee Rene and and so I think um I don't think either one of those two guys are are Vesna candidates uh this year. So anyway, uh in this particular game the first the first goal um, came on a turnover in front um, and it hit about 100 people before going into the goal. Um, it went off of Ruedel, Trotman, Murray, and then it went in the goal. And it was really a fluky goal. And I, I don't blame Murray for that one. Then early in the second period, the Pens uh, were on an extended power play with Getzlaff in the box. Uh, the Pens couldn't score on the first penalty, but the on the second uh, power play unit uh, scored with Zucker tipping it in front and the Pens tie it up at one. At this point, I'm thinking, hey, we got a shot at this. Um, in that second period, there was a little bit of a scrum in front of the Pittsburgh goal, in front of Murray. Um, Schultz got shoved. His stick came up and hit Getzlaff in the face. Initially, there was not going to be any penalty called. They were going to drop the puck and go on. Uh, 
Then they go back and they look at Getzloff and now he's apparently bleeding. He wasn't bleeding right away. There was no scar, no blood. And Crosby took major exception to this. I mean, I mean, and, and so when they went over to Getzliff and saw the blood, then they called a four minute, a four minute a double minor on Schultz, sent him to the box. Then they checked the replay and they saw that it was, in fact, Schultz stick. And, and look, the high sticking call I get. But to have that much time between the play and then going over to check on the player, I mean, what's to keep the player from biting his own lip and drawing blood? I've drawn blood on myself, biting the inside of my cheek, biting the inside of my lip, and drawing blood on myself. And even if there's a drop of blood, they're going to call a double minor. Now, again, it doesn't. It didn't matter because they scored on the first power play anyway. But here's my point. You can't wait that long to make a determination on whether it's a double minor or just a, a minor penalty. So Getzlaff and Crosby at this point and throughout the rest of the game, they're chirping at each other. Like, I mean, Crosby's, I don't know what Crosby's saying to Getzlaff. I don't know what Getzlaff's saying to Crosby. I, I'm, I'm sure I don't want to know. But on that power play, uh, again, it was the first power play, the first minor. Um, it didn't take him long to score the go-ahead goal. And uh, quite honestly, Murray was way out of position on that goal. And I, I do blame that goal on Murray. Uh, he came out to challenge the initial shot, and it wound up going off him or off a skate and out to Getzlaff, who was wide open and didn't miss the open net. Um, but again, when the shot deflected, Murray turned to watch the puck go over to Getzlaff, and he never moved. Quite frankly, I, I determined that as a stupid play, and I, I think Murray is a better goalie than that. But... They got the power play goal, and then uh, the Penguins were in the same boat when Malkin took a double minor, uh, and near the end, uh, uh, and right in, a, in, in that double minor, um, he got it because he got called for a hold or a hook where the guy was actually holding his stick, and they called Malkin for the hooking penalty. And Malkin was so mad that when he came to the penalty box, he swung a stick against the glass and got an unsportsmanlike on top of the hooking call. So double minor there. Near the end of that penalty time, Rust had a shorty opportunity and, and Gibson came up with what was probably the save of his year. I have said it a million times, and I'll say it again. These goalies come up with their best saves against the Penguins, and it drives me nuts. The third goal by the Ducks was stoppable, and the defense was just horrible on this one. No one was going after the puck. Then they get possession, and it's in the back of the net. This is just – it is so – frustrating to watch this team play right now 
Um, the last goal of the game came in, in kind of the end. We were, we had emptied the net. Z- Zucker, uh, took the feed off a of wrister. I t- took the, took the feed and, and shot a wrister from the top of this faceoff circle to the, to the, I guess it'd be the right of Gibson and ri- and it was really Gibson's only mistake of the night. Um, and he scored to make it three, two again, the net still empty, but we couldn't crack the Gibson code and we wind up losing three to two. Um, and I think that the fact that we were so close and gave everything to try and tie this game up at the end with a game the very next night, that could have been one of the reasons why the, why the penguins played so crappy in San Jose, uh, which is a nice segue into that Saturday game in San Jose. I did not watch this game live because I had commitments uh, on Sunday morning. And so as a result, um, I had to go to bed early and I didn't even turn this game on. I just figured, you know what? I've watched the last two games and they played horrible. I'm just going to not watch this and see what happens. So Sunday morning, uh, I'm leaving, getting ready to leave for uh, church and I open the NHL app to check the score. And when I saw the score of this game, my very first thought was the Penguins are in trouble. We once again, same song, second verse, Jones had the game of his life. When I went back and watched the highlights, this guy was absolutely playing out of his head again. Uh, Jari had a better game than the score would have indicated. I think um, as I, as I was watching these, I think probably one of the goals, four goals that were scored, um, he could have stopped, but Evander Kane, uh, for the first goal, he caught the pens on a change and got a breakaway and there was nothing Jari could do. Um, then a goal for Meyer after the pens had killed a penalty. Uh, this was the one shot that I thought Jari should have had, but he didn't get it. Um, the third goal was a result of another Poor defensive play. Sorry about that. If you're listening on headphones, I'm sorry that popped in your ear. Uh, a really poor defensive play, um, and they just let the they just let the skater come right into the slot with nothing to keep him at bay. Nothing. And he and he and Jari has no he has no defense there. There's no no help at all for him. Um, and then the, the the Sharks just had a better of the play the rest of the night. The Pens were done at that point. You know, they had a couple of chances, but they they didn't get anything because Jones, again, as I said, was playing out of his mind. Uh, Thornton had the last goal deflecting it off of, you guessed it, a Penguins D-man, Jack Johnson. Um, this was just an awful game, and so uh, we're just going to move on from there and uh, hope that Pens do much better this week uh, with the four games that they have. Um, as I said earlier, Andrew and I, um, are going to, uh, be sharing with you our completely wrong end of season award predictions. Uh, and that's coming up next time on the Penguin Stuff podcast. So I hope that you'll join us. Um, we would love to hear what your thoughts are on the end of the season awards. And, uh, as we come down to the end of the regular season, uh, who do you think is going to win the heart as the league's MVP? Who do you think is going to be the rookie of the year winning the Calder Trophy? Best goaltender, Vesna Norris for the best defenseman, the Art Ross Trophy for the leading scorer in the league. Um, who do you think is going to to get the Jack Adams for coach of the year? Let's talk about that. And uh, if listen, we'll make you a deal. If you uh, 
let us know your thoughts on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Penguin Stuff Official. Um, we'll mention you on the podcast. If you email us your picks, um, we'll mention those. We'll read those on the podcast, and, and you can let us know what you think is going to happen. Um, we're going to share ours hopefully next time if Andrew's back up and, and feeling better. And, uh, Andrew, we wish you all the best, and I uh, hope you're feeling better, buddy. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Penguin Stuff podcast. Also, if you're interested, um, we have kind of relegated um, the Penguins power rankings for the Penguins players um, to Instagram. And so Andrew does that every week and he comes up with the top 10 Penguins players and he puts that on Instagram. And so if you want to check that out, you can go to at Penguin Stuff Official on Instagram and check that out. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to like, share and subscribe to the podcast. And uh, if you would get all of your friends together and um, help them find out what the penguins podcast is all about we would greatly appreciate it thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of the show this week remember uh we're hopeful that andrew will be back next week and we'll talk to you again then again thank you for listening to the penguin stuff podcast let's go pens (laughs) 